Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We are live. Episode number 111. What a number. One, one, one. Triple one. Triple triple one. You definitely could have done that a lot better, like, you know, I don't know. The significance of 111. What what is the significance of 111 other than being like the non-emergency helpline for (laughs) (laughs) non-emergencies? It looks cool. They're all the same number. Got a funny story about that. So I think you dial 111 when you've got an emergency that isn't an actual emergency. A non-emergency, so not an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. So um, (laughs) this is a genuinely true story and quite funny, I think, but... Friend of mine, years ago, like over um, maybe maybe even two decades ago, nearly got burgled. Right, they came home and obviously the place had been ransacked. And like, what the fuck's happened? Someone's obviously robbed the place or wh- or whatever. You know, you've been broken into. So um, he calls nine nine nine, obviously reports it. And uh, the person on the other line says, right, we're gonna see, we'll put it through. But um, sir, you shouldn't be ringing nine nine nine. This is a non emergency. He's like, oh right, okay. And he said. Like the person was quite abrupt and a bit like, which I don't know, maybe it was like, I don't know what time of day it was, maybe it was middle of the night and the person was a bit pissed off having to be at work at that time. But basically, so they weren't particularly nice in their customer service, let's say. So um, his response was, okay, well, um, what if uh, you don't know the number of your local uh, police you know, establishment uh, and they've stolen my phone book? So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite funny. <laughs> excuse me sir don't be funny (laughs) but this is also the same guy that you have sorry go on no 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 no. it wasn't even funny Uh, I'm glad you stopped me good well this is the same guy that also uh, said about a bomb in his backpack in an airport so made a joke Uh, he's got he's full of (laughs) bands I think lucky enough it was pre 9-11 and um, maybe airports uh, probably or not not jovial is probably not the right word, but they obviously maybe a bit more tolerant to jokes than maybe. You spend a lot of time hanging out with David Brent from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with David Brent? I love The Office. Uh, I'm sure he's very funny. I'm just not sure I could tolerate him for that long. No, probably not. Sorry, I, th- I think I've only rang one on one twice. One was because I was really drunk and thought I'd lost my coat. And um, I just kept going on about my coat because uh, basically somebody else had taken it out of a bar that we were in. It's taking it, thinking that I'd gone, and uh, and I got really really drunk, and yeah, I thought somebody had stolen it, so I rang one 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 to report the crime of stealing my coat. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, and I found out that with a picture on Facebook of them sat in it eating breakfast, saying. Uh, Got your coat, uh, and then the other time was because we had a uh, peeping tom outside our front, uh, outside the front of the house, um, looking at people's, well, trying to look at people's windows as they like they saw activity in people's bedrooms. He was sort of head was turning towards the uh, the bedrooms and was looking. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's the only two times I've uh, rang. And the police, came, to be fair, the police came pretty quick, and uh, not outside the house, but he kind of moved on, and the police caught up with him and uh, told him to. Uh, jog on and if they catch him in the area again then they've never seen him again so yeah could have just texted me and I'd have <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have moved out of the area <laughs> this is my patch move on <laughs> honestly I was going to say you just ruined the bants mate I was going to say well Ed to be fair you're asking for a friend here aren't you this is you come on let's be honest it's you really 
<laughs> it would sit good with me. I, I call them about myself. I just wanted the police to talk to me. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, what a story. Yeah, I know, right? We didn't think we were going to stop the podcast talking about pedos and peeping toms, did we? Whoa, whoa. Pe- pedos? Yeah, Hold on. Pedos? <laughs> talking about Paul, weren't we? Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> I'm walking to school. You get fired. <laughs> when you say you get you fired, you mean what? By outing you? <laughs> right. Let's move on. Is from it? Let's just lay it, draw a line under the fact that I have a fully clear DBS check. <laughs> sure. Oh, DBS. Oh, no, you can't hear them. So you harmed in my care. Yeah, the DBS <laughs> check was on the Paolo Cocorani. Yeah. Also, a father, mate. Edward. A father to be. Yeah, so you're not a father yet, mate. Don't get to kill yourself. Come on. You've got to earn that right when it happens. In a few months, mate. There was a guy who um, used to play at the same hockey club who Alex used to play for. And he was a teacher in a school uh, near where Alex lives. Not a teacher, like a teaching assistant. And um, it came out on the Staffordshire Police Facebook site saying, man arrested of age of 25, something like that. It was around my age, um, for having uh, indecent conversations with children and approaching children for sexual favours and all this. And it turns out it was this bloke who's a teaching assistant who like plays hockey and all this like we used to with, with Alex and... Uh, yeah. Uh, so, well, anyway. Well, this podcast is uh, maybe time to call it a day. Let's slightly let's, let's move on. So, Paolo, you've not been on in a while. What have you been having in your life? Wow. We discussed the imminent baby inbound. You did, you did last time you were on, yes. Yeah, so basically, we've um, obviously moved on a few weeks, managed to have a nice scan. Found out that it's going to be a little boy, which is good for many reasons. One being, um, you wanted a boy. Was a, <laughs> no, no, I, I was very happy with either. Either just a healthy child was fine, but there is a risk with my partner that there because she has a quite severely disabled daughter with a condition called Rett's that it's like one in fifteen thousand, I think. But then if you've had a child, I think it can be one in a hundred. So I think she was starting to get a bit panicky. But then obviously having a boy clears that up because it's just mainly affects females. So that was quite an emotional sort of, what? Is that something that could be fixed on the scan? No. 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 Can they not test for it through through the the maternity? An apnea, yeah. Right. And then there's see quite a risk of miscarriage with that. Yeah. So, but yeah. But luckily, so far, also good. So it's a little boy. We're obviously having the nice scan. The first one was obviously the grainy old normal one. And I was like, that looks like an up in between the legs shot. And it looks all right. And then they obviously did the 4D one. I was like, definitely a boy. Which then led me to be like, maybe we need a DNA test after this. Because that looks like quite a pecker. Probably in for my index. <laughs> is the, the milkman well hung? <laughs> yeah, well, must be. But yeah, so Christmas Day, still due Christmas Day. Hey, the, I think they do that on purpose, the Christmas Day thing, just for just for balance yeah. or, or something, because everybody who's due in December is due Christmas Day. Yeah, 
So I, I would like to know, maybe I'll Google this while you talk, but I'd like to know the percentage of children born on their due date. It'd be yeah. interesting. Because uh, a girl who I went to school with, um, who I was good friends with all through my high school and sixth form, uh, we've kind of fallen out of contact. Uh, uh, but I God. Uh, June the 20th uh, yeah well uh, let's go with Christmas Day <laughs> yeah well according to nobaby.co.uk only 4% of predicted due dates are fulfilled <sighs> might have a tardy baby or a, make it into the 2020s yeah well neither of mine were obviously Summer was I say obviously Summer was I think five days late and Molly was Six days early. So pretty close, though. Well, ish, but then we're going to be reasonably close. Like most, obviously, most most babies are born between what thirty-seven and forty-two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think thirty-seven, they're fully cooked, and then forty-two is obviously as long as they'll let it go. So yeah, uh, my oldest niece, my only niece. Uh, she, <laughs> my uh, oldest and my youngest. She, she was, uh, I think, she was like literally days from being induced, uh, and then uh, she popped out. Uh, but Mikey, my youngest nephew, only nephew, <laughs> he um, he was a little bit early, I think. Yeah. So cool. So what so, have you yeah. boys been up to? Not a lot. Working, working. Cheese uh, life. Cheese life. Loving the cheese wife. Um, I've got. A, I've got. A, I'm working away for five days next week, so that'll be fun. So I can't. No, I can podcast the coming Sunday, but can't the Sunday after. There we go. Plenty of plenty of forewarning there. Good because um, that annoys yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, so you got two weeks. Um, so uh, yeah, no, just uh, just grinding away. Alex's birthday this week. Got her a bike for a birthday two weeks early because um, she was annoying me going on about it. So I said, right, let's go bike shopping. Um, so I kept her. Uh, I kept her sweet. Um, and she has been out on it pretty much like every other day since having it. So at least she's actually using it. So it's, uh, it's all well and good. And um, we just signed up to do a 100-mile charity bike ride in September. So best get working for that. That's all right. Yeah. They do a quite a regular one called Cycle Swarm in Norwich, which was a few weeks ago, which is 100 miles, which, to be honest, I wanted to do, but... Um... Didn't get my bike fixed to get it sorted to be able to do it, so I didn't. Yeah, we got a way called the Nello. Nice, good name. You can get on Matt, he can give you some tips. Oh, more. Absolutely. Yeah, I used to do a lot of long distance stuff. Um, I used to probably do 60 mile every Saturday, somewhere around that. Um, but obviously, just, yeah, not, not so much in the last few years, but. I've enjoyed it since getting back into it, to be fair. So it's been, especially like doing it with Al as well. It's been really nice because she goes a bit slower than me. So it means I don't, <laughs> I can go a bit slower. So it feels a bit easier. Um, so yeah, so it's nice. Uh, and quality time together. Yes. Holding hands, Good. riding mm, side by not, side. Not quite like that, but uh, me more shouting at her like, take the brakes off when we're going downhill. Get in a higher gear. Get in a higher gear. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you sound fun yeah. to ride with. <laughs> I just wanted to be in the Tour de France next year. Mm. That's just when they're, that's just when they're making love, though. That's not even when they're on the bikes. <laughs> Get in the right chair. Get in the right chair. <laughs> uh, Get lower. Get lower. <laughs> Think of the slipstream. <laughs> Brizzle, what have you been up to? Um, 
just apart from bit... not affording electricity in yeah. your house. Oh, it's a bit dark. It's just, <laughs> it's just gone dark. Mate, I've got two kids this, to this feed. This is what happens now. when you have two kids. Yeah, 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 I've, got, I've got an extra mouth. Honestly, the amount of fucking nappies I'm going through, then I'm not going to be able to afford to eat protein bars at this rate. <laughs> Mate, you'll always afford like ten p protein bars. I, I think if you give up now, you're not buying any. You'll still be alright for ten years. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's actually true. But I'm have to sell them to to buy nappies. I don't know. Uh, mm. I haven't been up for a lot to be honest. Obviously, I've just been loving my uh, paternity. Um, things are well, going well. She's a very chilled baby, Molly. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, our friend Richie Kerwin texted me the other day and said, "How's things, mate? How's the child?" Um, are you sleeping well? And I replied with a screenshot of my Withings sleep like um, data. And he's like, fuck me, you're getting better sleep than I am. <laughs> I was like, brilliant. <laughs> so um, that's all good. That's the main thing. That was the biggest thing. And I was having the same chat with Dan Osmond because he was asking about him. The same chat with him about uh, sleep and that being the biggest killer. And I was like, that's the thing I worried about the most, the anxiety of not getting enough sleep because obviously I'm a newborn baby. Uh, and so I'm uber appreciative at the minute that she is a chill baby and I'm, I mean okay I'm getting woken up once or twice a night but it's literally for like seconds because Jenna's breastfeeding I'm not breastfeeding obviously uh, so <laughs> um, yeah it means obviously I can just wake up and go here she is night night again go back to sleep so that's very good I am giving a bottle a night though so I am trying to pull my weight you know I do my I do my thing so um, but yeah no all good today I did the run Norwich 10k Nice. Good. What time did you do it in? Um, I had this conversation again this morning. I don't like telling people the time because I don't feel it's a fair reflection of my own performance, um, which is unfair probably on the people I ran with, i.e. <laughs> my client Ben uh, and my brother-in-law. Um, sorry, my client Ben, your client Ben, I should say. Um, my yeah, your, your client mate, ben. Your mate Ben, your brother-in-law, Carl. Yeah. Carl, yeah, which yeah. obviously you've met. Um, yeah. and it's a bit unfair because obviously like me, me and Ben are pretty similar paces and obviously we do, do run like we have been running like once a week quite a lot for a while purely on the basis of training for things i.e. like the Tough Mudder we did and this run yeah. and stuff so um, we've been doing like 10k's like we did a 10k uh, I don't know a couple of weeks ago like the, the last longest run we did prior to this um, yeah which would have been two weeks ago and that was like 47 minutes or something and that was like a, one of the hottest days it was ridiculous we both thought it was going to be a slow time yeah, yeah. Especially, especially how hot it was that was like yeah. ridiculously hot I mean I remember we, it must have been 25 degrees at like 5pm or something that was boiling so we did both really struggle with the heat a little bit and to get that time we're pretty obviously oh actually yeah that went bad um, I think today we did it in something like 52, 54 I think the chip 53. time in was 52, 54 was the chip time I think yeah, that was it. The screenshot you've seen, Paul, is his Nike Plus or Map My Run or whatever the hell he did, which he didn't finish actually on the start line. But um, yeah, I think it's fifty-two fifty-four was the chip time, which, as I say, is not it's not slow by any stretch. Uh, bear in mind that is there's quite a good elevation, so Norwich has got a few hills which are a bit nasty in the city centre, which is obviously where the run is, uh, and it was again pretty warm day, so. Um, but Carl, Carl's happy because he smashed his PB from last year which was like 55 and he's obviously like 52 something so nice. you're basically saying Carl slowed you down I would be comfortable in saying that's correct I'm sure Carl won't mind me saying that <laughs> I was there I was there just to Perfect. G him along and just give him the motivation to keep running so <laughs> was he was he saying after the photo shoot uh, stop I'm full of chocolate <laughs> <laughs> we did have a conversation before we were joking around like basically someone said to him today oh you're not doing nutrition anymore then 
Because <laughs> he's put so much weight back on. There's a, a lad who, who works for me, and uh, this is cheese, not nutrition. And um, and we were doing a show in uh, the NEC a, uh, about a month ago, two months ago. And uh, a lad who used to work for us now works for somebody else. And he came over to say hello, and we were chatting away. And he said to another lad, he goes, bloody hell, like, first thing he says to me, bloody hell, have you been eating all the profits? <laughs> Just because he's brought a bit of weight on. Yeah. Uh, Fairmont, Carl did the photo shoot, and we had lots of conversations around like a post post-shoot like protocol and, and kind mm. of like managing nutrition afterwards. And to be honest, he was from day one said, I don't care, I'm not interested. Um, okay. I want to get in the best shape of my life, but after I've done that, I know for well that I'm not going to be interested. And obviously having a two-week holiday in Florida like days late afterwards or something, it was never going to end well. So um, oh, I found out today, which sure. I didn't know, because obviously he was, I was seeing his pictures when he was on holiday going to, obviously going to like massive all-you-can-eat or buffet breakfasts or like cracker barrels where you have like three plates almost like you have like pancakes and bacon with syrup and then there'd be like a side of like eggs and other stuff and i'm like you're obviously eating a lot of food what i didn't know though which is what you told me this morning was they were staying in like an apartment he was eating two bagels peanut butter and jam before we even went to fucking breakfast and i was like jesus christ mate oh, and then obviously he's just laughing his head off thinking about how much weight he's put back on because obviously yeah. he was just eating so much food um, but you know, it's what it is. He, as long as he made a conscious decision to be like that, and it isn't, isn't causing any um, kind of like negative uh, thought process about it or any kind of negative mindset about it, then whatever really in it. So yeah, yeah. I take it he's not doing any more butler in the buffing. No, he still does it. He still does is it. He, still doing he doesn't it? need. To, he doesn't need to be. Um, I suppose shredded sure. to do it. So. Yeah. 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 Um, do you do you know roughly what his uh, weight post shoot gain weight weight Fuck gain no. post shoot? Honestly, no idea. I haven't discussed weights with him or anything, so no. I don't don't really know what he's put on. But I'd imagine he's basically gone back to his his prior weight, which was like eighty five, eighty six kilos or something. Which obviously he finished on like seventy six, didn't he, or something, or seventy five, right, maybe okay. even less. Actually, yeah. I think he got nearly close. To, actually, no, I, remember, I was less than that. I remember we hit. I would 70, say he looked less. Yeah, yeah. I think we hit seventy five with a few weeks to go, and we were trying to get down to seventy two. I think, which I don't think we quite made, but because um, obviously we kind of well, by the, when you get to that point anyway, we started going by pictures rather than weight. Because obviously weight starts to do a bit funky things, but yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's about. Is he's about my height? Maybe took, is he a bit smaller? Nah, than he's, smaller. He's, t- he's shorter than me. He's about. I'd yeah. guess. I'd guess he's probably about Ben's height. He's probably about five ten, maybe five nine. Right. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But he's a bit shorter than me. Yeah. So and he was I'm six dancing, foot. So. I'm six foot. I'm really tall. So am I. So am I. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, no, you're not. Five eleven. Say again. Five eleven. You are not. Yeah, that's what they all say. If you were five eleven, you'd be saying you were six foot, mate. So uh, I don't, I don't. He's really, five eleven. Oh, yeah, he's really five ten. Trying to scrape. <laughs> I'm happy at five eleven. Bearing in mind when I was left school, I was five foot two and seven stone. <laughs> That's what a bit of test will do for you, isn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah. So I've just realised that actually, it's really, it has really got dark in here, hasn't it? Yeah, um, mate, it has. Literally, like Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Brilliant bands. I am. Um, other than that. Not done a lot else, I don't think. Really, nothing. Mm. That's. I'm trying to think if there's anything else worth just talking to you or the listeners about. But not really. It's fun. I enjoyed doing it. They've t- tell you what I will say is I'm going to align with what you said about the whole bike thing with Alex. Is like, it was nice to run like 10k isn't a massive distance. Get me wrong, but it's still six point 
two four miles or something so you know something and a lot of people like you know everyone's got their own ability levels and stuff so some people might think it is a long distance um but there's like a, a something nice about being able to run that distance without any pressure of performance like that's what i like about it like like what you said with alex it's nice to run with carl to think that i ain't stressing myself out about trying to like put myself through a really uncomfortable like 45 minutes and you can just kind of take a nice leisurely run because the atmosphere is brilliant like this, like seven, there was seven thousand five hundred people running, um, all signed up anyway. I don't think that obviously there's some people would have pulled out, but and obviously there's loads of people coming in the city into Norwich to support. Like it's like a, like every the, the city's so busy. Like it's like when they have processions and other stuff. There's so many people coming. Like literally must be, I'd guess ten twenty thousand people just come in the centre just to watch the run, and that goes through some of the outskirts of Norwich where there's like people's. I don't know, like city apartments and houses and flats and stuff. The amount of people that just sit outside their little front lawns or on their little front like patios or like where the run route is, and they're giving out like jelly babies to people and mm. you know like giving people like water cups and stuff. And I think they don't have to do that. They're not. They're not. It's not paid to do. They're not part of the charity doing it or anything like that. They're just there supporting people running. I think it's so cool. So um, it's a nice run to do. It's a really nice thing. Yeah, it's it's whenever I've done half marathons, it's exactly the same. And with being that like a little bit extra distance when you start off in the city centre you go really far out then and you do go into the suburbs and when you're running through housing estates like say people are like setting up <laughs> the best one I ever saw was doing the Stafford Half Marathon and uh, this uh, family had set up their own bar in the front garden and they were pouring half pints of beer and cider for people as we were running past. <laughs> they had like they had proper like 60 pint kegs and uh, they had it set up in their front garden yeah and they were pouring half pints for people uh, but obviously, you know, being a, a performance athlete, I I didn't uh, partake. But nice. um, then, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's really cool what you see people doing. Yeah, it's just because this one, obviously, being like city centre, which there aren't that many. Obviously, this is only one Norwich city centre one a year. A lot of the other ones are all kind of either smaller villages and stuff outside, so you don't really get many spectators. And obviously, the you know you're running through fields and country lanes mostly rather than like the town, so um, or city, I should say. But so it's it's a nice one to do. It's a good one to do. I'm not a runner anyway, you know, I fucking hate running. So I only do it just to do something different, challenge myself a bit, health benefits and that type of stuff. So, so yeah, that is that is uh, me, I think. So shall we, um, shall we crack on to what today's episode? Some listener questions? Some listener questions. Oh, yeah. So just let's start with, like, if anyone's got any listener questions that they want... We would love to be able to answer them. So um, please, please, please send any questions through to info at nncoaching.com. Yep. Or you can message uh, us on Facebook. So search no nonsense, no nonsense Nutrition on Facebook if you're not already part of the group or follow our page or whatever. Um, or you can you can contact any of us on Instagram if you want. Brizzle Hadley, ed.nnnc. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Trick, um, trick. No, not just nutrition coach. That's what it stands for. Oh yeah. Or you got Paul zero 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 four something really shit. Um, or obviously <laughs> no one's nutrition on Instagram as well. So obviously as our our business uh, account. So we'd love to obviously get your questions because we obviously we run out of things to talk about sometimes. We obviously waffle a lot of shit like we have done for the last twenty three minutes. Uh, but it'd be nice to obviously get some some questions from listeners to really answer the things they want. And I suppose even if we've gone over some of the topics, we can go over them again. Because um, obviously not everyone, you know, that we do have obviously loads of avid listeners that will listen to every single episode in chronological order. Uh, but we'll obviously get some people that might just pick and choose the odd one. So, uh, And Paul, please stop tapping your microphone. Thank you very much. 
Was that me? That was you, yes. Ah, yeah. oh, you just done it again. Keep, keep your hand still, Paul. Yeah, and the one on your microphone. Wee. <laughs> Wee. So, um, without further ado, without further Freddy ado, whatever happened to him, actually, um, how should we do this? Shall we? Who wants to take the first question? Shall I take the first question? Because it was actually asked for me. So, shall I take the first question? Yeah. Someone who wants to answer it, then. Sure. Uh, answer? Ask me. You answer the question. Well, I don't want to ask my own question. Want to read it out to you? Yes, please. Sorry, I was just proving that I can't okay. afford electricity. Uh, this gentleman just put 50p in a meter. Yeah. Um, okay, so how do you manage intuitive eating? And that was asked by... Uh, oh, God, I don't know his actual name. Well, I, thought, I thought you were... No, I, 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 don't, okay. I know his Instagram a, handle, but I don't know his actual so, name. This is a question on the gram to Rizzle Hadley yeah. when he did a Q&A this week. Uh, how do you manage intuitive eating? So we obviously have intuitive eating a couple of times in previous episodes. Don't ask me to number those episodes because <sighs> there's been 111. Um, but yeah, we have covered it a couple of times with Laura Tilty, Tilt, Laura... Laura. Um, we, we, we talked about it at first then and I think we talked about it since but how do you manage your intuitive eating Brett? Well this is so I, I did answer some of my story during a week because obviously it was asked um, on that um, and I've just looked up the, the I mean I don't know his name he hasn't put his name on his Instagram profile so I don't actually know his name but his uh, Instagram profile is powerlifting ITA I think it's because it's Italy so um, shout out give him a follow um, very nice dude. Um, anyway, so funny thing is, I don't actually really necessarily intuitively eat. Now, I suppose like I would like to answer the question in the manner of I don't know why we necessarily have to box stuff. Like I know I know in the fitness industry we do this. You know, you know, you're a flexible dieter, you're an intuitive eater, you're a mindful eater, or you know, you're a protein sparing modified faster, or you no, know, whatever, you're a paleoer. So um, I think it's probably one of those things where like, people ask these questions or people kind of assume everyone's in a box when actually, why can't we all be a part of many different things, which I think is what I am. That's why I'm kind of like, oh, I don't really intuitive eat. Because obviously some days I might track, some days I might not. Um, some days I'll try and eat intuitive, but probably not really in the way what people think. So it's kind of like that. my answer to this is going to be really convoluted and annoying, but I'll try anyway. So, um, so I guess like what I would say is if if for most people, so let's just let, let, I'll answer it in a way of like me, but also what I think other people should do then. So in terms of intuitive eating, I think it's a difficult thing to do um, and to find intuitive eating is I suppose like the a way of eating in regards to your own bodily hunger signals. So you basically eat. To, to what your body tells you to eat, how your body tells you to eat, whenever you're hungry, that type of stuff. And with the premise of that, that should lead you to maintain your own natural body weight. I think the problem with this is some of the stuff that we've talked about in some recent episodes around kind of like the food environment, uh, food choices, that type of stuff, is it makes intuitive eating incredibly hard to do because we're not really set up for you know, our natural hunger signals. We're set up really for more an obesogenic environment where our natural hunger signals get overridden by the, the, like the types of foods we eat, the food availability, um, 
the, you know, like the, the hyperpalatableness of our foods. So they're the things that basically stop us eating intuitively and we end up eating very much non-intuitively. We overeat and we get fat. Um, anyway, now to find out. Um, are, are you two with me? Are you two looking bored? You, no, no, I'm with you. Um, I was going to, uh, when, when you finished, I was going to chip in with kind of how I intuitively eat because I don't track at all. No. Well, I haven't finished yet, so then I will let you do that. Yeah, well, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Um, so I think like, it's difficult. So, like, f- from my own approach, I think obviously. So, given all that, and given you know my thoughts on what it's like, you know, like the the definition of it necessarily, and obviously how I think it's not a particularly easy thing to achieve. Um, I think it's difficult from my approach because obviously, I am reasonably well versed in energy balance, in the energy availability. Sorry, the energy composition of foods, uh, and the the macronutrient composition of foods. So it's almost like I can't really just not know what's in my foods. So there's always going to be an element of that. I'm not necessarily just eating to like your natural hunger levels or intuitively in air quotes. And that I'm always going to kind of know what I'm eating unintuitively because I, I, I can't eat a sandwich and not necessarily kind of have a rough idea of what's in it. Like it's almost like I just can't not know that. So it's when you are like, so if I say when I'm trying to eat intuitively, okay, I might, I might be mindful, which is not necessarily the same as intuitive. I might be mindful about what I'm eating. So I'll think about what I'm eating the day before, the week before, that same day or whatever. I might be mindful about my food choices. Um, but I'll also be like intuitive around, or even I suppose the word mindful can be included for this as well, but intuitive about like my hunger. Am I hungry at that moment? Am I hungry? Am I, am, am I not hungry at that moment? Um, should I be eating a meal? Is it with my kind of regular meal or, or structure or framework of, of meals? Um, you know, what is the meal made out of? Should I be eating? Do I want something that isn't, like, do, do I want a particular type of meal, i.e. a specific food or a particular, like, makeup of food, i.e. do I want carbs, do I want protein, do I want fat, do I want a mixture? Um, so all these kind of things, like, go through your head. And then it's think like, like, I then know, like, what I should be eating, and I might kind of mix all this together and then make a decision. Now, I appreciate that doesn't really help anyone, which is why I said it's going to be a really shit answer, because it's kind of like all these things go through your head in terms of your previous education, the basis of intuitive eating, basis of being mindful, plus other stuff that I probably not even mentioned to be honest, which then makes me decide whether I should or shouldn't eat something or um, whether I should eat a particular food. And that's like the only thing I can do. I suppose the other thing I would say is that I probably, because I've tracked for so long, then I guess I have built, so I mentioned framework or structure, a framework or structure where I know I kind of stick to, which keeps me on track for nutrition. So it might not be intuitively or mindful. Well, no, sorry, it is mindful. It might not be intuitive necessarily by its definition, but I'm kind of following this framework regardless. So I will have protein at breakfast, protein at lunch, protein at dinner. I will probably have three meals a day and I'll usually probably cut out snacking for the most part unless I then break my framework purposely because say, oh, we're going to have a cake this afternoon. Okay, well, I'll break my framework and I might then have a lighter lunch or no breakfast or something like that. So it's kind of like... It's not really intuitive, but it kind of is. Oh, it's not really intuitive, but it's kind of mindful. Um, but it's also tracking in my head at the same time because I kind of know what I'm eating. So it's all of those things. That's a really long-winded answer, I know, and mm. probably waffled a lot. But... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it, it gives a good insight, though, into how you kind of think about things. And I think the biggest thing there for me and kind of uh, uh, what helps me as well is the fact that you've tracked for so many years and you know the calories in food 
so for like for myself, like I, I I literally don't track at all. I'm sure I still pay for like monthly my fitness pal, but I haven't used it for about twelve months. Um, and uh, but I did spend eighteen months, two years tracking every single day religiously, um, and knowing full well that chicken breast has this many calories, that or. Uh, you know, this meal has this many calories, or that has that, and and I think that's a, that's a big thing to know, kind of roughly what what your body needs and how much food your body needs by tracking for a, a while and knowing what your body needs roughly calorie wise to go up in weight, go down in weight, um, and then you can sort of match your goals with that. Um, and then, like just for myself, like I'll I, most people are creatures of habits, and they'll have a similar breakfast, they'll have a similar lunch. Um, and and that sort of thing. So I always try and hit protein at least three times a day. Uh, so like thirty grams plus of protein, um, minimum three times a day. Uh, and then obviously anything more on top of that is is a bonus, um, which probably isn't as much as it's definitely not as much as what I tell clients, um, and it's definitely not as much as what I'd kind of scream as a, a good optimal amount. But at the same time, though, I'm I'm not training four times a week. I'm not training. Five times a week, um, I'm training once day twice a week in the gym. So as long as I hit protein for those couple of days, kind of after that, to maximise the amount of time I've been in the gym, then I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. And I know that the other days, as long as I'm recovering from whatever else I'm doing, whether it's playing hockey, whether it's going out on the bike, that sort of stuff, um, then I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. And I'm being optimal for what I'm doing, um, but uh, it, it, I'm definitely not doing as much as say some of my clients are, where they need to be hitting protein four or five times a day most days well every day of the week really because they're training four or five days a week um but I'm, I'm not doing that so this is i think why it's also i don't really post that much on the on the gram at the moment because i'm kind of i'm not being as optimal as what i suppose a lot of people think that i probably should be um as a nutritionist um but uh, hey ho um but and then also so to kind of be an intuitive so it's more weight management with me it's about not being chubby it's about not losing too much weight because i don't want to I don't want to be too skinny, um, but at the same time, I'm just kind of happy where I am now. So if I, like Brett was saying, if I know that I'm going out later on for, for dinner or something like that, then I will rein it back earlier on in the day. I'll always be aware of um, which sandwiches I pick. Uh, if I'm going out for like lunch and getting some sandwiches from the shop or something, I'll always look at the, the fat content, the calorie content of those sandwiches. I'll make sure that I don't go and pick something that's got 30 grams of fat in, like you know an all-day breakfast or something. Um, I'll pick the tuna or I'll pick the chicken triple or something like that where it's you know got a good amount of protein in but also it's not more than like 15 grams of fat for those sandwiches um yeah so it, i think it's all about that and i know like if i've gone out for breakfast then i'm not going to smash it in the evening for uh with a big meal or you know go out for lunch and dinner at the same time or if i have done that then i'll definitely rain it in the next day and skip breakfast and try and have a light lunch and kind of roll it from there um but yeah, that's kind of I suppose how I sort of manage manage things. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. Paul, anything to add or? No, no, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you guys. I mean, I'm never not the biggest fan of the term intuitive eating anyway, because if your intuition is to overeat, technically you're still doing it. If someone doesn't have the skills that we've just discussed and doesn't even have the kind of knowledge base around sort of the calories or high calorific meals and just think they're 
it's, I guess, the same as the clean eating fad, isn't it? You can still have quite high calorie dense uh, meals eating clean, avocados, good nut oil, whatever, everything like that, and still be intuitively eating the mm-hmm. health benefits, or whatever. You still could be misplaced in your goals and, and not hitting uh, your targets in that yeah. way. I think, like, just to add on that, I think the idea, obviously, is the fact that you eat intuitively wouldn't put you in a calorie surplus because the idea is that you should be able to listen to your body and our bodies are right and tells us what to eat. Obviously, we know that's not right because we wouldn't have an obesity epidemic um, because of, again, you know, food environment, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I suppose one thing I will say, and I guess this is this kind of just underlines everything we've all just said, is you can try intuitive eating in air quotes and do a lot of that stuff, but... I think the problem what people think is that it's effortless. Uh, that's the thing I get across that I want to get across the most, I suppose. It's not effortless, as you can tell by my answer. There's so much stuff that gets involved uh, or is involved in trying to eat intuitively or mindfully that it's not some magic, effortless, I can listen to my body and manage my weight. It just doesn't work. Like there's weight, you can, you can eat intuitively and you can eat mindfully and you can probably then manage your weight, but a lot more goes into it than just some magic, oh, if I eat a certain way. Um, I can see Ed's reflect or my reflection in Ed's phone as he's tried to take a picture of the camera. So um, I think that's a good way to move on to question number two, which was from one Melanie Fudge. Shout out to to Mel. I nearly called a big Mel. Yeah, I nearly called a big Mel then, which is absolutely outrageous <laughs> given she's yeah. not big Mel. She might have been big Mel once once upon a time, but she definitely isn't now. Having lost about a thousand kilos. Mini Mel. Skinny Mel. Skinny, yeah, skinny Mini Mel. Don't say skinny Mini Mel. She might think, no, I'm jacked. Don't call me skinny. Well, okay. Mini Mini Mel. So, okay, Paul, you may ask the question to young. Okay, so Mel has asked us I have lost weight, but it has plateaued since I've been trying to maintain as expected. Body composition is looking better, but body fat percentage on my Fitbit scales hasn't changed. Why is this? Ed. Um, all right, Mel. Um, so obviously we, oh, what's it been, about 12 months since you've been maintaining? Um, somewhere around those lines, or is it even longer? Are we getting on for two years since you've been maintaining? Um, she can't answer you, mate. She's not here. No, I know. I'm, I'm kind of like rhetorically asking the question. And she'll probably message me on Instagram like tomorrow night or something after she listens to this. But um, Yeah, so okay, well, let's say it's 12 months since you started maintaining. It was about August time. Since you uh, basically no yeah January yeah so maybe even eighteen months actually since you've uh, been been maintaining so obviously it's brilliant that your weight hasn't then started to slowly climb back up because especially when you've lost as much as what Mel did I can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head but it was tens of kilos it was like a ridiculous amount like 30, um, thirty or something wasn't it, it was yeah like... crazy 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 amount so the fact that you haven't put any of that or you know you've probably got a kilo or two just to, to kind of maintain but um the fact that you haven't creeped back up again over that 12 12 18 months is phenomenal really really good so um most people don't do that so kind of within that yourself you have absolutely smashed it and won um so the, the about the body fat on the scales these scales aren't overly active uh, at accurate should i say um so with that you can change so they use biological impedance where it sends like an electrical current at one leg down the other leg um and you can change that with how much water you drank or how much food you've eaten uh, but it's mostly based around water uh, in, in the body 
Um, so that's kind of one thing you can do that measurement 10 times a day and it'll be different each single time. Um, so I kind of, I think that kind of throws it out of the window just that little bit. Also, um, if you're looking to, um, your body comp wise, so if you're thinking, right, okay, well, I'm going to boot camp classes and stuff like that. Realistically, how much muscle are you putting on in, in these classes and over that amount of time? Um, so if you look at, people who really, really focus on the gym and they are doing everything as optimal as possible. How much muscle are they realistically putting on in, in 12 months or 18 months? Um, you know, half a kilo, maybe a kilo. Um, it, it's very, very, very small amounts. So you're not going to get these huge, huge, uh, changes, uh, in, in the body fat percentage for recomp and things like that, you're not going to notice massive, massive changes. And especially then if you throw in the unpredictability of the scales and how inaccurate they are, you're, you, you, you might not see much change in, in those things. Um, whereas if maybe you went for um, something like a, a text scan or something that's not quite as unpredictable, um, you might see... A little more change if you were doing those over time but i mean they cost a couple hundred quid a go and and, uh, and all that uh but if you want to if you want the most accurate way of, of predicting body fat percentage um it's a case of chopping you up and weighing your body fat um which you can only do once in your life um so i wouldn't recommend doing it just yet uh because yeah that'd be bad news um but uh yeah so i, I personally i would say don't bogged down by body fat percentage uh i would say how do you look how do you feel um go off scale weight a little bit if you want but i'd go more kind of you know how you look how you feel how do you feel and look in your clothes um and that sort of thing i'd go with that over much more over body fat percentage on your fitbit scales um because they're the things that matter you don't walk around with a t-shirt saying i am 22 percent body fat you walk around saying i look really good in this t-shirt um so yeah and I'd like you to take your microphone away from your T-shirt or your polo shirt, please. Sorry, is it rubbing like crazy? Yes. Um, I'll, uh, I'll sit up so it's not hanging on it. <laughs> no, nothing more to add from me? Paul's dead. He's obviously died Paul. old age. So, um, okay. I was muted, obviously. Um, no, I agree with Ed. He's given a very eloquent answer there. Good. Um, okay, question three. Ed, would you like to ask this question? Ask the question. This is uh, very, very set up, isn't it? <laughs> Delos bore me. How can I make them more exciting? Who's this from? That, that was from one Jack Jackson, Jack. the double J. Jacked Jack Jackson. Jacked Jack Jackson. Okay, shall I answer this one? Yeah, or, go for Paolo, it. Paolo, do you want to give this one or what do you want? I don't mind. You're the P- you're the uh, qualified one. Okay. Um, so don't listen to Paul. Anything Paul ever says. No, not on training. <laughs> He's never trained in his life. Um, <laughs> I don't. The thing is, it's not really a, a a qualified or a question that requires many qualifications. I don't think. Because um, I don't. Uh, basically, the and I did a story about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, about deloads and that like a deload. The only way to fuck up a deload is by not deloading, i.e. by doing too much. So you can kind of do what you want to make it exciting as long as you don't do more than you should do. Um, and that is obviously subjective because obviously people can have their own like 
if you use the term volume landmarks, how much you can do and still recover, how much you can do and reduce fatigue and dissipate that fatigue, which is the whole point of deload. So it's kind of like a really difficult thing to answer, like how can you, or how much can you do and how can you make them more exciting? Um, I would probably say, why not, and this is something that I've used sometimes with some clients, is that I might use a deload to um, maybe try out some new exercise variants ready for a next mesocycle. So you might say like, I don't know, say you were doing squats as your main like quad compound movement in a mesocycle. And you might think, right, next next mesocycle, I wanna change it up and do something different. So maybe actually I'll try front squats instead of back squats, say. So you might then say, well, in your deload, I will just do a front squat to basically try something new. And obviously you can replace those exercises with any exercises you like, as in like you could change the same example to anything to do back, chest or whatever. Um, and then you just essentially just go and do a couple of very light sets on front squats, say, um, so that you've then, you know, you, it's a new movement. So you're kind of targeting or, te or testing the muscle slightly different. Um, and you're obviously then reducing the, the amount of volume you're doing completely and the intensity on the bar, so as in the, the weight. So that then gives you something a bit different because it's a different movement pattern, something a bit different from a psychological perspective and might make it a bit more exciting. And you're still achieving what you should achieve, i.e. you know, completely reducing that fatigue. Um, either that or another option is just basically smash out two deloads in one session. If that's the case, if you feel like you can't go in and not work hard because deloads are boring because they're too easy, go and do like two days deloads in one because the likelihood is if your deload is correct, you should be getting them done a lot, lot quicker than your usual session. So actually you can just, instead of go and say training four or five days a week, you could train two or three days a week and just do more sessions in one. Are you yeah. talking back to back there or going in the morning then going in the evening? I preference, I've done it back to back many times purely because if you go to a gym, you might not want to go to a gym twice in a day because um, at the end of the day the whole point is you're you're reducing the fatigue over time it doesn't matter if it happens to be in you know you're doing two things in one session because you'll then have an extra day off during the week yeah and like for, for, for what I use for deloads most of the time I will so if I'm doing like three to four sets on an exercise say I will probably then go and do two sets say and I will also take some weight off the bar even if it's just 10% so that way I'm half of my volume straight away by doing two sets instead of four and by taking some a tiny bit of intensity off the bar, I'm then also reducing a bit of, of fatigue and volume there as well. So if you then kind of equate that over the whole session, you should be able to get away with doing two sessions in a week, or, or sorry, in a day, and not feel completely ballsed up. Yeah, I was going to say, would you kind of use it also as a kind of chance to kind of service your form, as it were? So you're taking, you're obviously yeah. in a deal, you're taking in, taking the weight back a bit yeah. you can really focus on making sure that you're lifting efficiently correct yeah, as opposed you... to panicking and trying to just shift the most weight yeah that's, and... that's that's a really good point because that's something that deloads you probably should do in that it's very easy to kind of get um get ahead of yourself trying to push progression and specifically kind of pushing through lifting more weight and then quite often we'll find ourselves over time our form does slip. So there are ideal times to go and use to try and then kind of reset our form to make sure we've got the right mind-muscle connection, we're doing the right range of motion, um, obviously for ourselves. Because um, obviously everyone's ROM is different based on their anatomy to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, it's a good idea. One thing obviously that does happen sometimes with that though, and I've seen it happen um, with people, that they might do that and actually feel sore than they do previous weeks. 
yeah. despite it being a deload so you do have to be a bit careful and that's probably on the basis of that actually they've just suddenly got a such better mind muscle connection and such better form that they've actually put more mechanical tension on that muscle than when they were doing it previously even though they had more weight in the bar and they were doing what they would consider a normal session so something to definitely consider and if that happens that's telling you something that oh shit maybe I need to kind of strip back a bit and kind of start over a little bit more because no one gives a fuck how much weight you're lifting lift in the gym like and if you're just faking progression because you're not really kind of lifting a weight properly using you're not then putting the right amount of mechanical tension because you're probably using momentum or inertia um and that ain't gonna lead to growth i'm afraid mechanical tension will so there we go mm-hmm. smashed it cool smash it number four I'll take this one as in to read it out so if you two want to answer it the question is I am getting stronger but my circumferences are not getting bigger so how do I know that I'm actually getting bigger i.e. growing muscle um, I, don't, I don't know who asked that question because it wasn't one of no. my people I was going to say the likelihood is that you're not getting bigger you could, but in my view, you could be getting stronger in the way, uh, as in, like we just said, I guess, if your form is better and you're finding it sort of, you're getting your head around lifts as, as such, not necessarily growing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think what you're trying to say is like, I guess there's a technical proficiency to lifts yeah, yeah. where you can Once lift more weight because you're getting more proficient at the lift rather than getting bigger, i.e. more muscle usually does mean more power output and i.e. more strength. But there's an element that you can definitely get stronger without getting bigger because you get better at the lift you get more practice you get more technical and like proficiently proficient at it plus also the neurological adaptations that are involved in recruiting more muscle fibers and stuff like that um you can obviously get a lot stronger than you can just get bigger or vice versa you can get a lot bigger without really getting any stronger i guess like you said unless you took into account all the sort of data your workout lookbook and your lifts, what you're lifting, the weights, if they're progressing, if your numbers are going up, then without look at, looking at those, I guess, you could feel physic- psychologically, I guess, stronger. Mm. But obviously, for progression and for growth, as we just said, numbers and lifts need to go up. They do, but obviously by while still maintaining other variables like form yes. and stuff like that. And um, I think like one yeah. of the things I'd maybe just chip in on it is I would say like definitely training for hypertrophy or IKA muscle growth and training for strength are two different things. There's, yes, there's some overlap. Like if you're getting bigger, you're, pre- you're going to be probably getting stronger. And if you're getting stronger, if you're getting stronger, you're probably getting bigger at some point. Um, albeit it's probably that might even be slightly overstated because I guess a lot of people get I mean you look at some powerlifters yes okay they're, a lot of them are big but some powerlifters you can get some small guys in the gym that are fucking strong they never really get any bigger but it's because you know they are getting proficient and you know kind of these neurological adaptations and stuff um, but that's also why you have different rep ranges so you can train the strength rep range to get stronger without getting bigger and vice versa you know a lot of people can train the higher rep ranges and they don't really put much weight on the bar over a, a reasonable period of time Um yet they get massive so Mm -hmm. it's a a funny one isn't it because like you say you do get some of these powerlifters who and you see guys in the gym as well like I remember when I was at university there was a a, this really skinny lad who used to come in and he used to load up the deadlift or load up the squats 
and he literally looked like a chopstick. Like he was so skinny, and he would be loading up like 120, 130, 140 on the squat. And I was thinking, this guy is going to snap himself in half. And then he'd do like three really solid, really deep reps on it, and you think, bye. <laughs> because uh, uh, yeah he literally had nothing to him and um, yeah I think everybody thought the same everybody kind of stopped lifting what they were lifting at the time thinking god somebody's going to have to jump in a minute and like, pull this off his squished body but no he, he smashed it um, I, I think also uh, you know if you, if you put on 10kg on your squat or uh, 5kg on your bench or something like that like the, the weights are going up how much muscle are you gaining to to, to progress that as well um, and I think once you kind of get past your newbie gains muscle growth is such a slow rate that you're not going to turn around one day in the mirror and go bloody hell I've, I've, I'm jacked now I'm, I'm massive you know I've, overnight you're not going to notice muscle gain it's it's going to be a case of looking at photos from from January 2017 to January 2018 and then 2019 and going, well, you know what, in, you know, in these photos, I am looking bigger at the same weight or what have you. Um, I, I think it's hard to say, right, okay, well, I'm measuring my biceps every month. Um, I should be noticing a, an inch difference each month. Well, you know, you're not going to. Um, then you throw in a bit of error of measurement there as well. And yeah, uh, you've got to kind of look over time and, and uh, you've got to look over a long period of time as well, especially once you kind of got past your first 12, 18, two years, 18 months, two years of, of training, you've, you've got to really start looking over the, the longer the longer stretch of time over, uh, you know, months to months. It's got to be more year to year because the rate of growth is half a kilo, 0.2 of a kilo. If you're like, well, like five years trained, it's about 0.2 of a kilo you'd be growing a year unless you're like a freak um or on things um so yeah uh it, i think that's kind of you, you've got to have a bit of a reality check as well a little bit i think so just to underline it just to help the guy i think i assume it's a guy anyway um i think if you're getting stronger and can lift more weight with you know this control of variables the same form etc of a higher rep range you'll probably are building some muscle Mm. oh definitely in a lower rep range it's probably not quite so easy to tell but in if you're doing if you're 15 10 you know 10 to 20 15 to 30 or whatever rep ranges you're using in that type of scale if you're managing to lift more weight for over those higher rep ranges there's probably a decent chance you're building some muscle so yeah and also you have to look at it right okay look at the strongest men in the world all right take out the fact that they're on gear and all that shit they're fucking big dudes like i know none of you probably stood next to you know, people like Eddie Hall and that, but they're fucking huge, absolutely monsters. And you know, if they're if they're lifting so much weight, they, they, there is a bit of a. Uh, I know, obviously, it's like kind of way off the chart, but they they are big dudes. Um, yeah. So the, the stronger you get, you are you do need more muscle to cope with that strength. Um, it's just a case of yeah. Uh, I think it's you just have to do it over over time and, and look at it in the kind of like the bigger picture. I think. Um, yeah. Last question then. So, um, I'll, Paul, you can answer this one. Should I yeah, eat sure. right up to a holiday or not? Because I feel as I am as lean as I want to be. Um, so, should I keep pushing? I.e., as in, should I keep dieting, or should I? Or what would be best? So, basically, should should I diet right up to the day I go on holiday, or is is it better to kind of stop dieting because I kind of feel like I'm already lean enough? And I suppose you, I guess, could make, you could maybe um, answer the positives and negatives of either. I mean, for me, if that case, if that was approached as a client to 
coach situation. And they were at a place, as they're saying, that they're happy. They're, they feel they're as lean as they want to be when they're going around holiday. I would probably look at a period of just getting them to maintain, obviously. Uh, probably a s- ebbing on slightly uh, just on the but the boundary of, I guess, of low maintaining. Just because obviously I don't want you know, just don't want to call, be causing any more stress. Obviously, we know things like holidays are going to, especially if you come with a family, going to be a stressful time getting getting everything sorted and everything like that. So, if it was me, and they're already happy with the the shape they're in, it would just be a case of getting them to maintain their the sort of physique they're in up until the holiday. Obviously, okay. You know, people tend to let go on holiday, so you probably going to come back a little bit a little bit not as lean as you are but it's obviously not going to do too, too much damage unless you're holding in a, a or you can eat buffet um, but yeah I guess it, at that point it's not a com- they're not dieting for a comp- bodybuilding competition or physique or a physique sort of photo shoot or anything like that so um, mental well-being for me would be become a priority there obviously as we know dieting especially if you're in the 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 dark days of dieting can be tough okay Ed who's got uh, I, I think it kind of th- throws a bit of a like a direction too much of a direction with the fact that they're saying they feel as though they want to be as lean as they sh- uh, uh, you know, they feel lean enough um, I think if you were kind of approaching this with a client where they were like, okay, I just want to diet down for a holiday, um, you would say if it was a guy, you might put like a day or maybe two days of a refeed in front of it. You could argue to say that so they don't eat the face off everything, like just you know eat absolutely everything as soon as they get into the airport. Um, so they're, they're not as hungry and all that, and also to fill them out a little bit. But then also... Um, say it was a female where there's a bit less muscle mass you'd have to worry about uh filling the muscles with glycogen and stuff like that uh to to fill them out um you could argue right well diet straight up and we we kind of had this with the photo shoot as well where with the guys they were having refeed days but with the girls they weren't and it's because it's a slightly different different thing going on there where you want to fill them out and stuff like that so um i think you kind of take it in a similar approach depends obviously how lean they are as well um but uh, yeah, if, if if it's a couple of days out and they're happy, then yeah, put them at maintenance or just below maintenance, and 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 um, uh, uh, and let them kind of cruise into it if they're happy where they are. Uh, yeah, it, it's I, I think it's very kind of like individual and very person to person the approach that you take. Yeah, well, we obviously don't know how long we got to the holiday, but I made the yeah, assumption it was more. Than, yeah, I made the assumption it was more than days. Yeah, no, there's like yeah. six months. Yeah, I made the assumption it might be a few weeks or whatever, or a week, I don't know. Um, I, I'll be honest, yeah, I completely agree. I think they've answered their own question by, I'm lean enough, so why would you continue dieting? And I think you're better off taking the approach of one, yeah, reversing, or trying to give yourself a bit less stress because, you know, like Paul said, dieting is a stress. Uh, but also, I think it's going to probably help negate some of the effects that we know of, which we fucking, you know, I was joking about Carl, I mean, the amount of, like, he's eating after the post-show. Uh, sorry, post show. Sorry, post shoot. Um, I think that can often be some of the biggest problems of why people do rebound so bad because they diet so hard, build up all the fatigue, hormones are all out of whack, all the hunger hormones are out of whack, and obviously they're insatiable when they then start eating. So, 
I think if you can take a period of where they're coached strongly through that, you know, whether it's a week, two weeks or whatever into a, a, a holiday period, I think it's just could probably lead to better outcome while they're on holiday. As in, they probably won't go in as hard on the buffet. They'll probably manage the, the nutrition a bit better and hopefully then be in a better state afterwards. That's my opinion. Yeah, well, I had this with a client a couple of weeks ago. They went on holiday and I said, right, let's have two days of maintenance before you go away. Because that way, as soon as they get in the airport terminal, they're not thinking, right, let's have the mega size full English breakfast. They're thinking, okay, well, I'll be cool with like a bagel and some Philadelphia or you know something like that. Then instead of going overboard, because now they can, they've already had a few days to kind of offset any hormone imbalances of the, the food hunger kind of hormones. Um, and uh, yeah, they were just a bit more kind of in, in a better place, uh, definitely. Um, and it, it worked well. Um, and I, it's what I've done with many clients before with holidays and stuff. So yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. that that two days subjective, I guess, depends on the individual circumstances, as you said previously. Like if someone's still, like if they're already lean enough, you know, and they've got two weeks to go, then two weeks would be all right. If they're not lean enough, then two days might be all they've got, that type of thing. I don't know. But, mm. I, just I think. Easy, it- if, it, if it's a couple of weeks, I might say, well, diet for another week, get just beyond where you are because that refeed week, you might get a little bit puffy. You might end up eating something that maybe doesn't agree with you or, and then you're kind of not going further back. It's like, it's like having a haircut. Do you have your haircut to the optimal length or do you go just a little bit shorter than that optimal length and grow into it? Always. Yeah, what do you do with that, Brett? Always optimal. <laughs> Brett lives at optimal hair length. Um, I am... Um... I've enjoyed that. Let's please get some more questions in if people want us to answer and talk about any more questions. Before we finish, regular feature time. Two products. What? Well, two new products for me anyway. One good, one bad. Which one's good? Which one's bad? Ed, describe. Turn your... Focus. Turn, oh, this, turn your this Skype thing. So, oh, hello. Sorry. Shit off. Just turned the whole camera off. Um, and we can see. Right, you can see what these are, can't you? Okay. So they are PhD bars. Uh, they are birthday cake flavored PhD smart bars. Okay, yeah. and the other one and is black bean spaghetti, which I'm assuming is black spaghetti, ridiculously high in fiber. Um, one of those type jobbies, kind of, yeah. And protein, and protein, and protein. one of yeah. those. Okay, I can clarify. I, both, I can clarify that point before you give me your answer. Um, per per quarter of a pack, 128 grams, 128 calories. Also, that sounds fishy. Um, 2.7 grams of fat, 2.1 grams of carbs, 10 grams of fiber. That also sounds fishy. Uh, and 19 grams of protein. So, yes, wow. very high protein, very high fiber. Um, reasonably low fat. I used a kind of a similar product, I think, just to get my fiber up and to get the, the protein up and stuff. And, yeah, they were all right, but they were nothing special. It's like any low-calorie dieting food. They, it, it does the job. Um, but if it's all right when you're dieting, then it tastes absolutely gash when you're at a full. Uh, you, you're not dieting, basically. Um, so which is good, and, which is bad? Well, well before I'm, you start saying fishy, I was going to say that, surprisingly, that I thought you might have used the spaghetti as your good product and the birthday cake being not good. But now I'm going to air back to your love of protein bars and think that protein bars are the best. <laughs> I... I I'm going to say PhD. They don't do bad bars. The smart bars aren't bad. The old diet bars were grim. But the bad, yeah, they they weren't they weren't bad bars. I don't think I've ever done a bad smart bar. So, whereas those are the things I've had them before, similar, and they 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 weren't that brilliant. Um, yeah. 
Drum roll. Correct, both of you. The smart bars. Best birthday cake bar on the market, in my opinion. Albeit... Better than the grenade one. Way better than the grenade ones, mate. Whoa. Way better. Um, the grenade ones just nice, boring nice textures. Nice Yeah. Way <laughs> better. Um, yeah, they are much better. They're very much like the Battle Bites ones in terms of kind of texture and... But probably a bit better because of the differential in textures. Because these are very much the same format as the other smart bars. With like a very crispy, crunchy, chocolatey outer. A nice liquid filling of a caramel type. I think it's like strawberry jam in this case. Or something like that. I don't know. Some sort of raspberry straw raspberry flavoured caramel. Sorry. That's what it says on the box. Um, and then obviously Chewy Centre. So on par with Battle Bites. Maybe slightly better. Probably slightly better because of the te texture differences. Way better than Grenade. Into if we're comparing birthday cake bars. The black bean spaghetti, however, tastes like eating elastic bands. Not in texture, by taste. Like kind of that rubbery, kind of flowery, like dusty taste. Um, Ed hit the nail on the head, really. When you're dieting, I can imagine, like, and you feel like you can't eat actual carbs, i.e. spaghetti, actual spaghetti, um, and you're trying to save a few calories while still having a decent amount of food volume and probably still get, a, you know, some protein in. Because protein from black beans not too bad. You'd probably have to mix it with another um, source of uh, vegetarian protein to kind of get you full amino acids, but still, um, it'll do a job. When you're not dieting, you're like, what the fuck is this? Why am I eating this shit? So, and it was like two quid a box, which... Bear in mind, I could get twice the amount of spaghetti for probably 50p. Like, instead, like, I could get twice as much for a quarter of the price. I'm going to stick to spaghetti, not buy this shit. Yeah, I used to buy similar thing from Holland and Barrett's. Wasn't good. Was not good. It's yeah. like the slim noodles and all that shit. Well, uh, they are better than you, slim noodles. When you're noodles. not dieting. They're definitely better yeah, than slim noodles. Yeah, better than slim yeah. noodles. Natasha, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening, you're a freak. Because she actually liked the Slim Noodles. I couldn't believe it. Or was it... Actually, it might have been Susan. I can't remember. One of them. Maybe both of them. I don't know. They're both weird. So... <laughs> nah, uh, no, sorry. Susan definitely doesn't listen, so that's fine. Uh, I'm not sure about now. And that is today's feature. So um, let's round this up, shall we? Round up by saying shout out, Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Right. Over the next week or so, we are going to be launching our photo shoot again. Um, so it's a 16-week diet leading up with a really amazing photo shoot. So if you want to get shredded and look just as amazing, if not more amazing, than what our clients did in the last photo shoot we did, so hit, look at our Instagram, look at our Facebook, because there's photos of them on there. Um, we are running this again at the start of August. So if you want to be in on this, make sure you're following our Facebook page, make sure you're in our group, make sure you sign up to our email, um, because then you'll be the first to know about it. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. If you want to look the best you've ever looked in your life, then this is the thing for you. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all we've got to say about it right now, I think. All of the last guys will test will provide testimony to that is the best they've ever looked. Literally, like peeled like as though they're about to step on the stage peeled um and i don't think any of them kind of grumbled too much about the diet and and because we try and make it as flexible as possible as nice as possible um it wasn't just guys there was girls on it as well and they looked unbelievable too um so girls if you want abs guys if you want to be absolutely shredded then this is the thing for you um yeah start in august start of august um but yeah make sure you're following our facebook page no not nutrition uh, and you'll be the first to know all about it. Good. Sweet. Sweet. 
nice to speak to you both. Hopefully, people enjoyed my feature again. I need to come up with two new products for next week now, though, don't I? Or one, maybe one of you two can be tasked this week. All right, well, I'll find something. Good. It means you actually got to turn up next week as well. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll look as well, just in case. Yeah, just I, in I case. probably would. Let's have a plan B. All right. <laughs> I gotta go. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.